Welcome to episode 25 of the Puck and Punks podcast, playoff edition. Sketchy Ghoulie, Rookie Rochelle, what's up? Not too much. I mean, uh, we're basically into the second round. As of tonight, uh, we have our first second round matchup, but we still have uh, a game six from the first round. So a uh, little bit of uh, interesting overlap here. Um but man, the, the games have been great. What, what have you thought? Yeah, I mean, we've seen a ton of overtime games. We've seen a lot of one goal games. It really, other than like, you know, like last night's game, which was tight through two periods, like we haven't seen any blowouts or anything that I can really, other than like just one of those, one of the Toronto games, I think they beat him up a little bit in game two. But other than that, like most games have been really tight. Yeah, even last night's uh, clinching game for Vegas was, you know, the, the score was 6-2, to two, but it was much closer than that for, yeah, for most of the game. It was 2-2 two, two for a lot of the game. And then in the third period, things opened up, and then you start getting empty net goals. So the score wasn't indicative of how tight that game really was. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's pretty exciting. Um, it's interesting that uh, by uh, – Eight o'clock tonight, the second round will have begun, but we'll still be watching a first round matchup. Uh, but you know, let's uh, let's talk about that first round. Uh, last time we talked, uh, not a single team had moved on. Colorado was very close; um, they were up three nothing. Yep. Um, so we'll start with Colorado. Um, they finish off the sweep of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Colorado, as many people predicted, look quite good. Uh, scary good. Uh, I know last episode we were talking about, uh, how good McKinnon has been looking in these playoffs. Um, you know, big credit to, to Landeskog as well. Um, but St. Louis just, uh, came up empty. Ryan O'Reilly kind of gave a guarantee saying that they were going to beat Colorado in the first round and they didn't even get a win. So, uh, what do you think was, was up with St. Louis? Do you think it was, uh, a Bennington thing, uh, injuries? Do you think it was the loss of their, their captain in the off season? Um, what went wrong for St. Louis? Yeah, I think it was a combination of all those things. Uh, Bennington seemed rattled throughout the entire series. He's trying to start fights with people. You know, things that you don't need a goalie to be doing, you've got other guys on the ice for that. Uh, I think they just got in his head. I mean, you know, the games were 4-1, 6-3, 5-1, 5-2. The Blues never had a shot in this series. Like, they, they were outclassed from start to end for most of those games. Um, I think losing Petrangelo and bringing in Tori Krug um, was a big downgrade on the defensive part of the game. You know, offensively, it's not that much of a drop-off, but I think Petro is just a much better defender in his own end versus a Tory Krug. And I think the big issue there was everyone was expecting a big uh, big step up from Pareko that didn't yeah. occur this season. But, you know, as things were, this was a weird season that still could come, you know, next season. Right, right. There, yeah, there was a lot of pressure put on him. And, you know, I think he felt it all year. They're putting, giving him extra minutes that maybe he wasn't used to in terms of like certain situations before. Now, like, they looked at him as the guy when you're not being insulated by having a guy like Petro also out there. I think just overall, 
the the Blues probably just need a little bit of tweaking going into next year. I, they're still a really good team. Um, you know, they're pretty deep over all things considered. But uh, I mean, Colorado right now is just was a league of its own in that first round matchup. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been saying it the the whole podcast uh, that the only thing that has stopped Colorado in the past has been injuries in the playoffs. Yep. As of right now, they're, they're still healthy. So, um, you know, can't, uh, can't count them out. Um, we did have the big suspension to, to Kadri. That was eight games. Mm-hmm. He has uh, officially made his appeal to Gary Bettman. Um, and we are still waiting uh, to hear what happens. Uh, a, a funny <laughs> wrinkle in all of this is that the expectation is either it stays the same or it gets cut down. Right. However, they could rule by giving him more games. It theoretically could, yeah. Yeah, like that is still on the table. It won't happen. It would be unprecedented that a guy appeals and then should have kept his mouth shut. It's like, great, now that eight turns into a ten because they realize, you know, after you realize that maybe the guy has a concussion now and he's still like sitting in a hospital somewhere a week later. But uh, yeah, I just like the idea that that could possibly happen, even though I know it won't. But it would be great for TV. <laughs> Do you think it gets cut down? Um, if it does, I think at most it'll get cut down to like six or seven. We're not going to see it being cut down in half. Yeah, I think it goes down to five or six. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, regardless, he'll be missing most, if not all, of the, the second round. Yeah. Um, but that leads us to who they're going to be playing. Uh, and that will be the Golden Knights. Vegas wins last night in a game seven against Minnesota. Um Man, Minnesota made this a much closer uh, series than everyone thought. Yep. Uh, the fact that it even pushed Vegas to a, a game seven was remarkable. Minnesota is going to be around for, for a long time. Uh, however, Vegas was missing Max, Max Pacioretty until last night. Um, he showed up in a big way right off the bat. Yeah, got the game-winning goal. You know, no big deal. Uh, so that's going to be great for Vegas moving forward, having Pacioretty back in that lineup. Uh, what do you think of Minnesota? I we think- talked about how they, the team is going to be changing a lot because they have a lot of expiring contracts. I think I saw they have 15 people coming off. Yeah. Or between UFA and RFA, which is crazy. It's like your entire team. So what do you what do you think of Minnesota going forward, or how, what from what you saw in this playoff matchup? Even I like a lot of what Minnesota did this year. You know, I think that um, you know when Parise and Suter signed basically those lifetime contracts, what feels like forever ago, uh, they were still yet to ever get out of the first round. Uh, I you know Minnesota was basically a guaranteed first round exit, and even though they were again this year. I just the feeling around this team isn't the same old Minnesota wild that we've been dealing with for the last about decade or so. There's a lot of excitement around this team, you know, 
Kirill Kaprizov is a, this is the real deal. And I, I think that this version of the Minnesota wild moving forward, we're going to see them making some noise in, in the next couple of years. They have a lot of really great veterans, like guys like Matt Zuccarello and Kevin Fiala has really turned his career around over there. They've got a lot of really exciting pieces. And I, I think it's not going to be business as usual for Minnesota, even though the result was the same this year. I think they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Like never thought I'd, I'd say this, but they, they played exciting hockey. Yeah. Um, Cam Talbot played incredible. Sure did. And, you know, they have Capo Kakinen right behind him. Who's going to be pushing for even more playing time. He was great throughout the regular season as well. Uh, but yeah, came up just short uh, against Vegas and I think, if I have it correct, Minnesota will be moving back to the Central next year, mm-hmm. which takes them away from from Vegas. Uh, might be an easier path to the second round potentially. Yeah. So do you we'll think have to that, see how that all goes? Do you think going to seven games is that more testament to Minnesota, or do we have question marks about the Vegas Golden Knights moving moving forward? I have no questions. Uh, about the Golden Knights. They got hit with, uh, didn't they have like, then a holdout like Revo and a couple other guys for game six because, yeah. uh, I don't protocol know, stuff. protocol. Um, you know, Pacioretty is their, one of their top six forwards, you know, plays yeah. on that top line. He's been their um, leading goal scorer the past couple of years too. Yeah. Uh, him missing all that time is pretty rough. Also, Mark Andre Fleury is, you know, had another incredible year. One of the, you know, I would say top three goalies in the league this year. Hundred percent, he's got to be um, a best in the finalist. At, at least top five. Um, if you have him lower than five, you're insane. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't really. I don't have any questions about the Golden Knights. I, they were my pick to, to go to the Stanley Cup when I, when I picked with my head, not my heart. No. Uh, however, now they have to play against the team that I picked with my heart um, or and that my, my heart wanted to pick. In the league so, this year. Yeah, so now that leads us to a matchup of Colorado and Vegas. Um, I'm going to stick with my pick uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, despite the, how much I, I love the Avalanche. Mm. But uh, I think this is this series has the potential to be like a Stanley Cup final. Oh, 100 percent. Do you, do we you also think have that... the, we'll we'll talk about another matchup in the central that I think is very similar. Do you think that this is the round that we're going to see some Robin Leonard get in? Do you think that with uh, the Avalanche's firepower that they're going to shoo off Flurry at some point? I think it's very possible. Um, just the fact of how dynamic uh, Colorado's forward core is and you know how their defense gets involved and they, they just put up points at will. Uh, a big thing is going to be if Vegas could stay out of the penalty box. Uh, but having knowing that Leonard is there is such a comfort for a team like Vegas. Oh, yeah, really puts you puts your mind at ease knowing that another 
you know, Vesna caliber goalie is the guy waiting instead and not some like rookie or journeyman. And you're not being forced to throw in a 43 year old Craig Anderson if you have to, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I want this series to go seven because I think it's going to be such a great series. However, um, I do want <laughs> the winner of this, the <laughs> series to come out and, you know, win the cup. another round. So I also don't want them to, to kill each other too much. <laughs> um, Game seven quadruple overtime. Uh, all the other series finishing sweeps. They have to play again the next day, game one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'll stick with Vegas winning this series. Who do you have? I I think Vegas is the deeper overall team. They've got two stud goaltenders. But I don't know. Nathan McKinnon in that first round just looked like a man on a mission. He, I think he put up, what, 10 points in those four games. And a, granted, now he's going to have to play against Mark Stone, uh, who's probably going to match get matched up against him, but you know Ryan O'Reilly is no no schlub either. But uh, I don't know. I I I meant to agree with you. I think it's going to be Vegas who comes out of it, but it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to me, this is yeah you know, must watch hockey. Uh, both teams just play such an exciting brand of hockey, and the star power. Uh, there's just there's so much to root for here, so I'm really interested to see which way this goes. And really, I I, I honestly do think it is a coin flip. Uh, but yeah, let's move to the central, where we had uh, Carolina advancing by beating Nashville. Nashville got a, a couple key wins in overtime. Uh, that kept this series closer than uh, than everyone anticipated. Uh, do you think that speaks more to Nashville or to or to about Carolina's struggles uh, I, that they I think might have more, against a better team? I think it speaks more to Nashville. Uh, I mean, you know, games three through six. Double overtime, double overtime, overtime, overtime. Uh, I think Nashville, the Nashville that we thought was going to show up, did show up in the playoffs. We had Michael Granlin played well, um, Forsberg and the bunch. They, it was they, you know, they played a hell of a series against uh, Carolina. But and, and then the whole UC Soros versus Alex Nedeljkovich was a pleasure to watch as far as goaltending duels in that first round. But I still think Carolina was, you know, obviously overall the better team. But I, I think that uh, Nashville's big boys woke up in time for the playoffs, but it just wasn't enough to be what was an overall better Carolina team. I, I'm not too worried about Carolina moving forward, especially with what we saw out of Nadelkovich in that first round. Yeah. Um, one thing that you said that I just want to repeat is how great of a goalie matchup that series was. Um both UC Saros and Nijelkovic, uh just kind of playing out of their minds. Um, you know, not used to really seeing Saros be that that main guy. It seems like Pecorine has uh, passed that baton. Do you think Pecorine plays next year? And if so, is it for Nashville? Um, I think he's done entirely. Okay. Uh, my, my gut, what is he, like 37 now? I, I, my, my gut says that he's retiring. Okay. Uh, do you think much as you 
asked the same question about Robin Leonard. Um, in the second round, we know that they, they have a, a great opponent. Do you think that uh, we see uh, Peter Mrazek get in? Uh, yeah, I, I do think it will eventually happen. Uh, you know, Nadalkovich, you know, for all things considered, is basically still a rookie, even though he's been in Carolina's system for quite a while now. And, you know, Mrazek is a more veteran presence. I think that it's definitely uh, Nadalkovich's net to lose, and he's going to have to really get blown out for it to happen. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Mrazek start like a game four or a game five, depending how the series goes. Yeah, I thought it was real interesting this year that the, the, the Hurricanes purposely played um, Nadelkovic uh, more to make sure that he, he, they wouldn't lose or he wouldn't become a UFA, that right. they retained his RFA rights. Um, and it's really worked out for them. Now the question is, you know, can he go on a Cam Ward-esque run and then how much is that going to cost the Hurricanes on his new contract? Right. I do think that, you know, especially with the way his season went and now that first round of the playoffs, he's earned himself a pretty penny. Um, I don't know how much, you know, maybe a three times three kind of deal. I don't see him getting a, a bunch of term quite yet based off of just one year. But he does complicate things now with what you're paying Mrazic and what you're going to have to pay him and – but, anyway, but it's a good problem to have. You'd rather have two good goalies than no good goalies. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the off season. And, you know, if maybe Seattle makes a kind of move to bring in a Mrazic because of that, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, Carolina. Yeah. Or maybe, um, you know, they have Reimer. Yeah. So maybe. Or does uh, a team like the Oilers make that move after we saw that goaltending was an issue. In yeah, first round. So I think Reimer would be the one that like they would. I think they would protect Mrazek. They won't have to protect uh, Nijelkovic. Yeah, and then Reimer would be exposed. I think he, you know, he'd be a, a pretty good option, um, having one year left and just being over a little bit over three million. Uh, but I don't know. It's uh, definitely an interesting thing. I already mentioned Cam Ward. Do you think it's too early to mention Cam Ward in <laughs> in regards in comparison here? Um, I think if they make it to the conference final, we could start. Having then we could start. All right, because I've already started. <laughs> I'll give you lowercase C, lowercase W for now, okay. and then. Uh, but if they can get to the uh, the conference final and he plays, continues to play the way he did in that first round then I think that conversation is going to, going to heat up. It's weird how, you know, these things seem to mirror each other in sports where it's the same team, a, a young goalie is coming in and, uh, you know, kind of repeating what happened back in 2006. Yeah. Um, man, I love me some Cam Ward. Uh, Underrated goalie. He, he got stuck with a lot of bad teams, which I always felt bad for. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that, Carolina is going to have a really tough second round matchup. And this one is, I'm trying to figure out what's, which matchup is better, the Colorado Vegas matchup or this Carolina Tampa matchup that we're going to be getting. Obviously I have the same issue that I had in the other one. I picked uh, 
when I made my Stanley Cup pick, I had Carolina. I picked them with my head. They are my pick. But in my heart, I wanted to say Tampa. Um, so I'm not going to be too upset either way. Um, but Tampa, uh, you know, beats the, the Florida Panthers in that first round. We see the Florida Panthers make um, take a pretty big step forward. Yep. Um, I, I think there's finally now direction for uh, the Florida Panthers where there was some questions and, you know, maybe Barkov wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be sticking around because he didn't see a, a, a full um, identity or a full direction that the team was going in. Um, but Tampa, uh, very much like I said about, um, you know, Colorado's offense, they are scary. And if Carolina uh, plans on having any hope in the second round, they need to stay out of the penalty box. The Tampa, Tampa Bay's power play is just absolutely disgusting. Uh, but before we move to that, uh, a couple words on the Panthers. What do you think? Yeah, I thought the Panthers had a great season. Uh, you know, you wonder how different the playoffs would have been if Ekblad was able to play. Um, I also think they waited too long to bring in Spencer Knight because he didn't play till what game five, right? Yeah. yeah game five. Uh, you know, them starting Chris Drager in game two, I think that should have been Spencer Knight's debut. Uh, I think that's where they, you know, they lost the series there, but uh, they played great. They, they were, they were in it. Uh, you, you know, I love that one game at the end where you saw Marchment and Duclair, we're doing everything to keep the puck in the other end. Duclair's dangling around four guys, but not shooting it. He's just holding on to it in the offensive zones, you know, in those dying minutes of that game. Marchment looks like he, like he could be a hell of a player in that bottom six. There's, there's a lot to like with Carolina. Uh, and there is an interesting thing to note um, about Duclair and that, which I didn't know was a thing that could happen until yesterday, that this offseason, he's going to be a restricted free agent, not an unrestricted free agent, even though he was a UFA when he signed with uh, Florida due to be not being qualified by Ottawa. So I didn't realize that you can regain your restricted free agent status after having become a UFA, but uh, apparently that's the thing. But uh, I do think Florida, similar to what we mentioned before about Minnesota, uh, this is not the same Florida Panthers that we've seen in the past. Uh, I think they're here to stay. They got, you know, the not so luck of the draw of playing an insanely stacked Tampa Bay team Maybe if they matched up with somebody else, we're talking about them being in the second round. But Spencer Knight, he's your guy moving forward. You got to figure out what to do with that Bobrovsky contract. And uh, and I guess Chris Drieger is going to have to probably be on his way out. Is the more likely option because Bobrovsky is going to be really hard to move. Yeah, they're going to have to wait a couple of years uh, to move that Bobrovsky contract or uh, even wait a couple of years to buy out that contract i think you wait until spencer knight is up and then sure. from there you start depending on what knight is up next year after after next season right uh oh no i, I he has two more years sorry gotcha uh, yeah. but i just mean like i think spencer knight is their starter game one next year 100 percent Hundred percent. i mean it was pretty telling like even the the games that spencer knight was in Bobrovsky was not the backup. Yeah, he sat in the press box, which I found interesting. Yeah. And they also have uh, 
Sam Montembeau, who uh, he got into a couple games last year and this year, still only 24 years old. I, I think there's still uh, pretty good hopes and uh, that he becomes a, a pretty good player still. So, yeah. Yeah. They um, got They got to figure out a way to incorporate the, uh, the Dikembe Matumbo. No, no, no. With, yeah. with Martin Bow. <laughs> I think it's, it's right there. It's right there for the taking million dollar yeah. idea. Go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Florida is going to be real, uh, real exciting to see what, what they're able to do um, the next couple of years. And, and plus you still got Jill Quenville there. One of the best coaches in NHL history. So yep. there's, there's a lot to like in Florida right now. Yeah. We'll see what the, the Keith Yandel trade looks like this off season. Um, Cause yeah. uh, I, I can't he, see him being on the team two games. next year. Yep. And uh, and we spoke about that. I, I you know, I don't want to hammer on that any further, but uh, good young team. They, they're going to, they're going to be uh, in it for a while now. It's just about, you know, getting all those pieces in place, making sure everyone uh, keeps building off of this season. Um, but as I said, Tampa, Carolina is what we have in the second round out of the central. Uh, this seemed inevitable. Um, it's, it's almost like everything I said about Colorado Vegas is what I want to say yeah. about this one. I want this to go seven games, but I don't want them to kill each other because <laughs> I mean, if I get robbed of, see, I put my, my mind into a pretzel the other day trying to figure out, you know, if this team wins, who would they play if they, you know, in the following rounds and, and with the reseeding and, right. and stuff like that. Um, but I just want, you know, obviously my pick was Carolina, uh, Vegas, but I, if I get Tampa, Colorado, I'm going to be just as happy. I just hope that that is a Stanley cup final, not a, is know. it, is it going to be East versus West and Central versus North for the no, conference finals? Or is it just based on? I think it gets reseeded. That's interesting. Yeah. So you so, can really get any, you could get yeah, Toronto, Boston as a Stanley cup final. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. So I, I was putting, like I said, just giving myself a migraine trying yeah. to figure <laughs> this out the other day, potential matchups, but uh yeah, I don't want to be robbed of that. Um, I, I'm going to stick with my pick. I'm going to say Carolina in six. I'm going Carolina in seven. All right. So we both are both on the, the Carolina train That's here. It. If you know, if Nadelkovich really wants to make his name, shutting out Stamkos and Kucherov in round two, that's going to gonna go a long way in him cementing his legacy as a hurricane. Yeah. Um, man, a lot of people might be getting, uh, his Jersey. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. Got to get a large. So it, the name fits on I was the gonna back. You have to learn how to start spelling it. There's a J in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, do you want to try to spell it? Oh, is it N E D N E D E L K J O V I C? Uh, you mixed, you, you got to go J K. JK. Not KJ. That was the your only mistake. Go with the gotcha. JK. J JK. First. Um, Just kidding. Yeah, about not bad. Stuff. You know, it's not as bad as uh, you know Roethlisberger or whatever that guy's <laughs> name was. Or yeah. Um, but 
Uh, man, those those two matchups like that that is all I want to watch. Um, I swear, if I haven't looked at the schedule, but uh, they better be on opposite nights. <laughs> uh, actually, I can take a quick peek right now. So we've got. Oh no! This is oh May 29th. No hurricanes and at the Avalanche. Hurricanes Lightning and Avalanche no, Lights are on the same. That's terrible. Well, five o'clock start, eight o'clock start. So at least yeah, we... but that's just to, uh, for tomorrow because yeah. of the weekend. It's yeah. not going to be five o'clock starts all around. Right, right. We'll see how it goes moving forward, but it seems like they're probably going to be on the same timeline. So it's going to be a lot of switching back and forth, which is yeah. unfortunate. Double screening. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's move to the East. Um, last we spoke, Boston was up 3-1 on Washington, and they wrapped it up pretty easily. Um, Washington, a lot of questions there. Yep. First question. Zidane Chara, Leaving. Leaving and playing somewhere else, or Play- leaving and not playing? I think he's going to be a Ranger next year. My, that's, what my, love, my, that's what my gut I, tells me. Based on what I, almost happened and the Rangers are moving up more and Drury's going to want to bring in a veteran guy on the back end. Everything in my mind points to Chara being a Ranger next year. I'd love to see it. Um, obviously, it almost happened. I just, man, I'm going to be upset if we go chara and not like a guy like hamilton oh 100%. um I, th- I think chara should be... imagine we get both and we are just the tallest yeah <laughs> there you go we and brendan get, smith oh, is your 70 no <laughs> we get rid of brendan smith and we bring in jamie alexiak just go for it <laughs> just just be the tallest blue line yeah i mean they're gonna have to bring in some kind of defenseman because as of right now and we're not gonna get too much into the rangers but uh Oh, we are later. Just, just wait for it. <laughs> uh, because if they don't bring in another defenseman, then they're forced to protect Libor Hayek, which I think is not good asset management. So they got to bring in at least another defenseman before the expansion draft. Yeah, uh, that would have to be trade, though. Yeah. Um, and I, as I said, I, the Rangers are in an amazing spot with who they have to protect and how many spots they have available. So if yeah, I mean, you're in ben danger Allen and Libra Hayek are on the list right now. So if you're in, real. if you're in danger of losing a key player, trade it, trade that player to the Rangers, get something before you lose them for nothing. Yeah. Um, maybe one of those, um, Oh, Calgary defensemen. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I'll be real upset if, nothing happens with that it's just terrible asset they, they have to you, so. you can't go into expansion with being forced to protect brett howden and libra hayek because you had nobody else so i expect him to make a move if not to yeah um i've wanted both of those guys off this team uh pretty much as soon as they got here <laughs> um or at least by the end of that season yeah Hi- hayek got hurt at the end of that season so but I didn't have too high hopes for him. Howden just hasn't uh, hasn't been much, but uh, I guess better than his brother. Yeah, at least he's in the NHL. Where, where is Quentin up to? That's a days? great question. Quentin. Where in the world is Quentin? Uh, I mean, I guess he's playing in Europe. 
because there was barely an NH- in the AHL this year. Malmo Redhawks. There you go. Played 11 games, zero goals, nice. three assists. Killing it. Uh, Isn't Malmo in the second division? In yep. There you yep. go. He was in the KHL the past couple years. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, last played in the NHL, 16-17 for the Jets. Oh, right. Yep, he did go to the Jets, yeah. Was never in Detroit, but... Wasn't he? Um, I thought he was drafted by Detroit. No, he was a Panther. Oh, Panthers. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, Close enough. Part of the, the Keith Ballard trade with oh, Michael I- Grabner. After he uh, almost decapitated Tomas Vokun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my next question, we already addressed the Kuznetsov. Yeah, he's gone. Alex Ovechkin. Uh, obviously, they're going to re-sign him. Yep. Uh, I think it will be a two-digit number. Uh, I think it starts at 10 and goes up from there. I don't think they could get him for less than 10 a year. Nope. Um, My guess is they give him four years. Four and uh, just market it as the the chase for Gretzky. What do you think? Four years for what? He's 35? Can it be? Mm-hmm. I mean, with the way he's playing, he's not slowing down. So I'm not worried about that part. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because well, yeah. we know how close he is to Ted Leonsis and you know, or the ownership group in Washington. And he's, you know, he's been the capital, you know, he's, he's their franchise leader in basically everything. Um, but is Washington on their way down as a team? And does he see that? And he already has this cup. So is he thinking more? that he wants to try to break the Gretzky record as a capital, or is he going to go cup chasing? Cause if he is, then maybe a team like the Panthers, for example, uh, you know, he could find his, or fucking he'll find his way to get to Tampa Bay. They'll figure it out. He's not but, going anywhere. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, but I don't think he leaves. I think he's going to be a capital. The four years uh, matches him uh, with the end of Backstrom's contract. as well um is he gonna call backstrom's mom to uh (laughs) negotiate it for him (laughs) yes uh i don't think that the capitals will be you know cup contenders um you know now that mantha trade's kind of looking pretty pretty rough um just because of how old this team is that i think the oldest team in the nhl and you know they gave up uh yeah, you know, first round pick for him, right. uh, and another young player in Jacob Verana, who right, yeah. should be in their top six. But uh, man, I mean, they might lose Oshi. Uh, you now Seattle, I think it's, I think he's gonna be Seattle's uh, first captain. I've been saying that all year. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's I think. As I said, it just gets marketed as, uh, you know, we might not win a cup, but tune in for the the chase, you know, the Ovechkin chasing Gretzky. And that's what you're buying here. Yep. I don't think you're buying him to make your team better. 
No, I, I don't think a team like Washington, like you don't want to see players like that who are your cornerstone, you know, elite, like, you know, people throw around the word generational too often, but uh, Ovechkin it was that for his entirety of his career with Washington. And I think you want to have him see that through and finish his career as a capital and hopefully, you know, as number one in all-time goal scored. Yeah. You'd hate to um, see it happen in another jersey this close to the end of the finish line for him. Yeah, I, I agree. So, um, but I expect moves like this will get made after the expansion draft. Um, yeah, because he'll have to be yep. protected if they sign him. Exactly. So it's it's so weird that you know a lot of these that moves have convention. to have to wait for that. It's not circumvention. It's <laughs> it, know, it's, it's following is the, the it's following is the, the rule. Yeah. Uh, but we also had uh, the New York Islanders uh, coming back and defeating the Pittsburgh Penguins, moving on to the second round. Um, you know, the Islanders were down two games to one last we spoke. Yep. Um, Barry Trotz, hell of a coach. Yeah. Uh, still, in my, uh, in my opinion, a very boring team. Uh, they gave up a lot of goals to, to Pittsburgh um so it's going to be interesting to see what uh what happens against boston but before we talk about islanders boston let's let's hear a little something about pittsburgh uh another team that's just getting older uh more first round exits more goalie controversies or uh question marks in goal uh it's just a interesting time where maybe the capitals and the penguins are on their decline together uh but what what do you think about uh the penguins i think the penguins are in a really tough spot right now and uh, i just before sorry to interrupt you um the penguins and the capitals have no choice but to keep building teams around, you know, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Crosby, Malkin, uh, basically until they retire. They, they, they have, have they have no choice. No. So I think they're going to keep being middling teams. You know, in Pittsburgh, you need to get ownership's uh, approval to even discuss trading any of those guys. And Which I think Latang is on that list as well. Yeah, I think it's Crosby, Malkin are definitely on that list, and then Latang might be. Also, you got to go through Mario to get approval, which is wild to have that written in a contract for uh, Hextall and Berkey. But you know, but you're talking about you know one of the best players of all time in Sidney Crosby, and Malkin isn't that far behind. He's probably, he's got to be a top fifty player, top one hundred of all. I know he wasn't on that top one hundred list, and everyone like freaked out, <laughs> but um. Yeah, so, I, they take up a lot of cap. They're getting older. You're forced to build around them. You have you thought you fixed your goalie controversy by trading away Matt Murray and cre- keeping Tristan Jari. Turns out Jari may or may not be the guy either. And I'm not saying they should have kept Murray, but it sounds like neither of them was the guy. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, bringing back Flower is still on the table. Yeah, and now um, you've got Jeff Carter for another year, which will help a lot. I, I really do like the Jeff Carter fit in Pittsburgh. 
looked great. Another guy who's going to retire in the next two, three years. So he's, he's retiring at the end of this contract. So yeah, I, he's got, I he's got one more year left. Yeah. Um, one question, Malcolm Crosby, first ballot hall of famers. Yeah. No doubt. hundred percent. Chris Letang, put him into your hall of fame, uh, conversation. Is he a, is he a Hall of Famer? I think he's going to get in, but I have to go back and see how many times he was like first and second team All-Star and all that. But he's never won a Norris Trophy. Never been healthy know. enough to do it. Exactly. I don't even know how many times he's been a finalist for it, if ever, that I can remember off the top of my head. He's only uh, played one 82-game season. That's crazy. And that was 10 years ago. And they um, won a cup without him even playing, which yeah, but he has he still has the, the cup too. He's got the, the other two. No, he he ha, he has all the cups. He he was on the team. No, yeah, yeah. he officially he officially gets the ring for it. He was there, but he yeah. didn't play and, that that playoff on, run. Yeah, but on his his, his resume, resume three he's a three yeah three times Stanley Cup. Uh, but so he's at eight hundred sixty three games, five hundred eighty two points. He'll finish with around 650. I mean, he's going to get in, but I don't, I wouldn't put him as a first ballot Hall of Famer unless all three of them retire the same year, which then puts him <laughs> in the same, you know, eligibility period. And then they want to go in the, the, you know, the committee, Lenny McDonald and company want them to all go in together. Uh, I can see Crosby and Malkin going in at the same time, but I don't think that Latang is going to be, I think he's going to have to wait a couple of years. Okay. Very, very, the hall of above, very good. But uh, he, I think him not having a Norris trophy and never really being in that conversation for a lot of his career uh, is going to slow him down a little bit in terms of getting in. Yeah. I mean, the guy's just steady at putting up points. Yeah. Very remarkable career. Consistent player. It's imagine what his career would have been. Had it not been for all the injuries. He'd be probably at around 700 points by now as a defenseman. Yeah, he'd, he'd be over a thousand games, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but what else do you have on the, on the Penguins as we do a quick little obituary on them before we move on? Yeah, I just think that uh, Berkey and Hextall have a very hard road in front of them with the obstacles that are being put in front of them by ownership and based on what the current makeup of the roster is, uh, they got to find a way to retool. They don't have a ton of, ton of cap space. I don't think. And especially with, you know, the flat cap, uh, it's going to be, they have, they're good. under a million. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. And uh, so just looking at it, Sevior is a UFA. That's a little over a mil. They're going to have to re-sign RFA's Zach Aston Reese. Uh, Teddy boy. <laughs> yep. Teddy Bluger. Uh, Frederick Goudreau has been playing incredible for, for them. He's a UFA. Yeah. Uh, Mark Jankowski is an RFA. Evan Rodriguez or Rodriguez is UFA. Uh, Cody Cece is UFA. Um. They, they got a little bit of work to do. It's nothing yeah. crazy, though. No, it's just working on that depth. You know, you've already got your guys up front. Jake Gensel's a stud. Obviously, Crosby, Malkin. 
Um, Brian Rust has turned into a better player than I thought he was going to be when he first came in. I thought he was going to be more of like that third line guy, but yeah. you know, but Zucker, Pascal, Kapanen. yeah, exactly. They've, they've got a lot of firepower. It's just going to be a couple of things they got to tweak, but without a ton of cap space to do it. So they're going to have to find a way to get creative and it's going to be interesting to see what they do in net. But uh, I think they've kind of got their hands tied and they're forced where they, they got to go for it for the next three, four years. So that's going to be the mentality for, for Berkey and company. Yeah, and um, the a, a couple things I, I do want to point out that is in their favor. Uh, Brian Dumoulin is does not get enough credit for how good he is. No, because um, Chris Letang's on, on that roster. Yeah, um, so I just want to you know mention that name. Uh, they're also getting another two million off the books. Um, that they retained on Nick Bugstad. So that frees up a little bit more space for them. And one player that I'm really excited to, to see that I think will be on their team next year is uh, Samuel Poulin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, still only 20. Uh, I, I think with the... You know, they need the these young guys to come in. So I think they're going to need Poulin to come in and play, a, a, you know, a middle six role. Um, we're going to see a lot more of Pierre-Olivier Joseph, um, who got into some games. He's t- only 21. They got him as, as part of the, the Phil Kessel trade. Um, so the, I, those are the two guys, two young guys, I think are going to play yeah. big roles next season on this team. And I think could uh, be a little exciting. They don't have much else coming up through the pipeline. Oh. Uh, they've given it all up. I mean, you even saw, you know, Callan Addison playing a, a pretty decent role for the uh, Minnesota wild in the playoffs this year, as he was, you know, part of that uh, Jason Zucker trade. Um, but I mean, this podcast would be five hours long if we mentioned <laughs> all the, the decent young players that Pittsburgh has that. traded away during the Crosby era. I mean, that's what happens when you're competing, though. You know, like we, we see it time and time again with teams throughout sports. Like when you're competing, you're not thinking about your first round picks. You're not thinking about whatever prospects you're having. You're just getting that next guy. You're bringing in the James Neal. You're bringing in the Phil Kessel. You're bringing in the Beninos, et cetera, to like, to fill out your lineup because you've got at that point, you know, a 28, 29, 30 year old Cosby that you have to worry about. Yeah. Um, But now that we have Washington and Pittsburgh out of the picture, that leaves us with the New York Islanders, uh, Boston Bruin second round matchup. Uh, Everly. (laughs) Yeah. This is, uh, I think this is a good matchup. As I said, I don't get excited about watching the Islanders brand of hockey, uh, even though it is effective. Um, They play a shutdown style, but they didn't really shut down the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that has me pretty worried for them going against the top six of the Boston Bruins. Um, Therefore I'm going with the Boston Bruins in five games. Yeah, I agree. I think, Boston's just too good from top to bottom to be stopped. Uh, plus, you know, Tuka Rask has what the highest save percentage of all time in the playoffs or something. Um, 
you know, Tuka time is now he, he's still trying to prove his naysayers wrong. Like he does technically have a cup as that backup to Tim Thomas and he hasn't been able to win him, win one himself despite going to the finals in 2011, whatever year it was, they played Chicago. But um, no, I, this Boston Bruins team right now, it is hard to find any flaws right now. You thought that losing Char was going to you know, hurt them a little bit. Nope. They, next man up, Taylor Hall's on your second line. David Krejci's playing like it's 2010 again. I, I don't know yeah, how to slow this team down. The two of them with Craig Smith, you know, Craig Smith was a very underrated off-season signing. Um, and they all complement each other well. Like, Craig yeah. Smith plays a little bit more of that gritty. Like, he's going to be the guy who gets you the puck out of the corner. Krejci can just hold on to the puck like nobody else in, you know, in this league. And then Taylor Hall's your finisher. Yeah, so. and then you look down the line and you got Charlie Coyle and Jake DeBrusque and, you know, so on and so forth. And then you get down to that fourth line where they brought in Curtis Lazar, who's fit, you know, has been almost as good of a fit as Taylor Hall has been. Yeah. For, for their, for their respective roles, hundred uh, percent. Taylor Hall says he wants to sign a long-term contract with the Boston Bruins. How does that work? I, I look at their cap situation, but they're playing a lot of people, a lot of money, you know, they, they have, no cap space. Yeah. He's going to take 81. So they, they're less than a million. Um, <sighs> they're technically, you know, he's making four right now and right. they have to re-sign Krejci. You know, maybe Krejci takes a, a little bit of a haircut. Yeah. I mean, he's over seven. Uh, yeah. He'll maybe, go down maybe, to like five-ish. Yeah. I mean. Find you two million. And then depending who you lose to expansion, that could be another two or three million depending who it is yeah but some but, of some of their rfas i mean uh trent frederick nick ritchie andre kasha um you know those guys need need some money uh brandon carlo's an rfa they're gonna tough. you know mike riley who was another good pickup yeah. for them uh and they, kevin, they gotta find a way Ke- to keep riley too yeah kevin miller who plays that great uh playoff style um, you know, the, the two of them are, are UFAs, um, uh, and you have to th- sign both goalies, Tuka yeah. and, uh, Yaroslav, but, uh, I think Halak's out. I think there. Halak's I th- gone. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, they'll be looking to, um, you know, probably have Vladar or Swayman take that backup role full time. Yeah. Um, maybe even, you know switching off between them, you know, have one going, playing some games regularly, regularly in the AHL. And then the other one plays regularly in the AHL and they, they both switch off backing up Tuca. Uh, Halak's yeah. going to find a, a great spot as a backup goalie. Uh, I, I do think it would be kind of funny to have him be the new backup to Mike Smith as a, uh, two of the older goaltenders yeah. <laughs> in the league. Uh, I don't think that'll happen, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, they're going to do a lot of cap gymnastics to make it, to make it all fit. And yeah, they get I a think, little bit of money back. Uh, I think a million and a half because of Bacchus. Yep. So were they, were they still sitting on any money with Boleski? No, that, that, that ended last year. It did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're going to have to hope that, 
Create Sheet takes enough of a discount plus whoever you lose in uh, expansion. And that the guys like, you know, you mentioned like Carlo and crew don't take up too much more money, but I don't know. I don't know how you fit a long-term deal for Taylor Hall there. Unless it's, you know, you know, everyone in Boston takes these huge discounts. Yeah. You know, Bergeron is under seven. Pasta, under seven. Marchand. $10 million players. (laughs) Marchand, under seven. Uh, Coil is a little over five. five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So everyone takes a discount. I think the it's clear. Yeah. Can you say uh, to Taylor Hall, we'd love to lock you up, uh, but you five don't, is all we got. But you don't make more than the captain. You can't make more than Patrice Bergeron, who's at six point eight. Yeah, I mean, if you could find a way to convince Hall to be in that high fives, uh, low six range, that's a win. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. If he wants to stay in Boston, that's the contract. They're not going to have any other money. And even that, we still don't even know how they're going to pull up $6 million right now. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting <laughs> in Boston to see if anybody if anybody gets traded away to make some space. Yeah, I don't really see who they could move uh, aside from a DeBrusque. Like a DeBrusque or Kasha. Because Kasha's around $3 million too. Like, yeah, but, but he's RFA. Yeah. And because he's been hurt, he's not going to take. He's going to take a cheap one or two year deal and then mm-hmm. prove it. I don't know, but it's going to be really interesting to watch. Or do they win a cup and then he rides off in the sunset and gets his big money somewhere else instead? You know, that, that, it's that very could change possible. things. If yeah. they win, that changes the entire complexion of the conversation. Sure. Um, and as I said, we I have them over the Islanders. So, uh, I, I think the games are going to be close. I don't think the series is going to be close. I agree. I think Boston's just too good. Yeah, yeah. The, the Islanders will shut them down a little bit, but it's not going to be enough. Yeah. Uh, so let's move to the north. Uh, one series that is still going on. We have game six of our first round matchup tonight, and that is Toronto-Montreal. Um do you think Toronto wraps it up tonight? It's going to be interesting because they're playing in Montreal with fans, uh, 2,500, which isn't a lot, but you know, more than the zero that they've had for the entire season. Do we see Montreal get a, you know, a little jolt from having some fans in there? I, I think so. I think we're going to see this series go to seven. I think so too. Um, I think, they are going to lose tonight. Uh, Steve Dangle is going to have uh, <laughs> a near heart attack or at least a panic attack. Um, and do you think Toronto does eventually win this series? I do. Cause if they I, I don't, so then too. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Uh, I just don't think they do it tonight. I think they, they'll, they they'll need to wake seven. up and they need Matthews to have, I think Matthews only has one goal. Marner's got no goals in his last 16 playoff games. Uh, I mean, you know, Marner style maybe doesn't really fit the, the playoff game, but they, they got to, you know, but that's why you bring in the Thorntons, the Simmons, the Spetsa, because you need your veteran depth 
you know, to help wake up the younger star players, but I don't know. I mean, you know, you're seeing it in Montreal, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki are the ones who are playing in overtime in that first shift, which says a lot, you know, that they were even out there that early in overtime. And they're the ones who go on a two on O to finish it off for you. So we need to see Toronto's big guns wake up if, if they're going to make it out of this first round, because you don't want to go to a game seven where Carey Price is the guy on the other side that you got to beat now all of a sudden. That's a lot of pressure for a Toronto team that has folded under the pressure for 19 years now. Yeah, so it sounds like we're, we're both on the same page that Toronto will win the series in seven. They will move on to the second round uh, where they will be playing the Winnipeg Jets uh, if that comes true. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. What a story sweep Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and company. Tyson Berry. <laughs> Tyson Berry, Darnell Nurse, Ethan Bear, uh, Alex Chason. Could have played 120 minutes and it, was, and it wouldn't have been enough. Yeah. Uh, they, they sweep the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid might not have a year this good ever again and they go out in the first round without winning a single playoff game your thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers I think what we said throughout the year and going into the playoffs came true they have absolutely no depth at all the team goes where Connor and Leon goes they get a little bit of help from Ryan Nugent Hopkins who you know may or may not be, you know, looked down, you know, later on in his career as worthy of a, being a first overall pick, but he's a hell of a second line player. But after that, you got nothing. You know, it's, uh, it's really tough to build a team that way. Um, they've got a couple of young, you know, good young players on the defensive end that just aren't quite there yet. Like the Ethan Bears and the Evan Bouchards, et cetera. Darnell Nurse is awesome. I don't know that they're going to keep Tyson Berry now. He's going to ask for, you know, he, he just led the league in points for defensemen. He's going to ask for a ton of money. He was already on a cheap deal to begin with after a not-so-great year with Toronto. I don't know. The goaltending is an issue. You've got Mike Smith, who's, you know, a little long in the tooth there. And Miko Koskinen is not worth the contract that they gave him. I, so there's been a lot of mismanagement with that team. It's extremely top heavy and nothing else after that. It's, it's really hard to win. It's easy to win regular season games when McDavid, you know, can put up three, four, five points in a game. But when the other team, their entire focus is just shutting down McDavid and dry Cause you don't have to worry about anybody else. Tough to win playoff games like that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really well put. Um, first thing I want to say is as a hockey community, as hockey fans, can we fucking just knock it off with all this racist bullshit? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's it's disgusting. Stuff. I mean, every it's multiple times a year that there there's something like because your team lost, you know, you send racist messages to, to a player, I don't, yeah, it, was, it was what to Ethan Bear's girlfriend or something, right? Yeah, where it all and and he gets a, a bunch as well, and 
Ethan Bear is a great player. Uh, he's he does so much for his community. Yep. Uh, I love seeing that jersey with the uh, with the indigenous yeah type uh, font in the back. I I want one of those. Yeah. Um. So. What's it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to see if they're available because I I, I think I'm going to buy one. Um, but we just need to, to stop with this already. Um, I'm sick of seeing it. It's disgusting. It, it's a shame that any player needs to, to go through uh, stuff like this. I, I know... We were um, just fucking talking about this last in the bubble. Yeah, and I know what color and like he has it, his teammates like Jujar Kara has gone through stuff as he's uh, you know one of the few uh, I think of Indian descent in yeah. the league. Um, I know that even uh, Darnell Nurse has had you know gone through some of this stuff. Just we just gotta knock it off. Like these are. Yeah, these guys like provide entertainment, but they're they're, they're humans. Yeah. Let's let's just accept all people to be be cool with. I don't know the fact that people have different backgrounds, and uh, it's not because of his background that a team won or lost. I don't know. I I don't know what to say about this because it's yeah. such a a tiring conversation. Uh, you feel like you're you're yelling at, at a wall because it's multiple times a year we we this conversation comes up again. Um, but that's that's what I want to say about Ethan Bear. Um, Do you think it's a it's a hockey problem based on like you know the demographic of people who tend to be hockey fans and hockey players, etc.? Or is it just like a worldwide thing, like? It's a worldwide problem. We see it more in hockey because hockey is it's a bunch of rich white dudes. Yeah, like, let's just say exactly. It. Like, um, um, so uh, let, let, let's move on because I'm getting getting frustrated. Uh, ways to fix the Edmonton Oilers, right? They need they need they need top six. They've got a top so two and a half. They need their young guys to step up. Yessi Pugliarvi comes back. He needs to step it up. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, still only 22, needs to step it up. I'd like to see Ryan McLeod, 21 years old, get more of a chance. Um, we're going to see a lot of Philip Broberg and yeah. Evan Bouchard. Uh, I like Bouchard a lot. 19 and 21, respectively. One's a right D, the other is a left. Um, I... I so th- there are pieces coming um, that there's even, you know, th- they have a, a couple more, you know, Dylan Holloway. Um, they've recently just drafted him. Um, th- there, there are pieces coming that things they can fix here. Um, they're going to be getting some money back uh, from which one is it? The Benoit Pouliot buyout yep. they still have to pay the Sakara one and they're still retaining on lucic um i mean they they have lost and, the, they've, and they've got james neal still on that they have lost the the lucic neal trade yeah um ryan nugent hopkins 
28 years old was making 6 million is going to be a UFA. Um, I think they can't bring him back. I think that they need, instead of paying a guy that much, they need two guys that they could pay. um, Four mil each. Yeah. Like a Zach Um, for example. I think Zach Kyman is a perfect fit for this Edmonton team. Um, But yes, I think they need to turn Ryan Nugent Hopkins into two players. Now I think in terms of player and uh, asset management, they need to sign him and then trade him. It's going to make things more difficult, but I I do think it's possible. Um, It's tough to just watch that, you know, a player like that walk away. Um, Here are my fixes. You mentioned Zach Hyman. I love that idea. Option number two, or maybe a co-option, Sam Reinhardt. He has come out and said he wants to play in Western Canada. Last time I checked, that only leaves a couple of options. Vancouver, yeah. Calgary. Calgary, Edmonton. Edmonton. I think it comes down to Calgary and Edmonton. uh, Edmonton. Uh, He's making over five, though. So essentially, you know, you're going to have to trade to get him. He's from Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Vancouver, yeah. You're going to have to trade to get him, and he's going to take up that money, and then he's going to be an RFA in a year. Maybe so, you convince him to grab Koskinen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, I, I, I also think that, you know, maybe you do a trade where you get a Sam Reinhardt and you get a Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, but again, you're going to have to figure out your, your money and, you know, figure out what you're sending. You're at least sending a first round pick, you know, plus. Um, my other fix is in the, in the crease. And that would be an Elvis Mers Lincolns. Yep. Uh, again, though, you can't you can't get Reinhardt and Elvis because both of those trades start with a first round pick. Yeah. So that's the the struggle there. Um, and they already don't have their second or their third this year. Yeah. Or their it's fifth. Gonna, it's gonna be really that's crazy. It's tough because like. There are guys out there to be got. Like, for example, like, it's going to suck losing Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But, you know, if you sign him to whatever raise he's going to get, that just further perpetuates the problem that you have right now where you can't sign any other depth because you're paying all these guys all this money. It's three, four guys. Um, I think especially if they don't bring back a Tyson Barry, you know, finding a way to grab a, a Rista line in makes a lot of sense for them there. You know, another guy that comes to mind, you know, do we see a Mikhail Granlin making his way to Edmonton? I don't know that Nashville is going to have the money to bring him back. So uh, I, th- I think Nashville does want to do, bring him back. I think they want we'll to. what happens. Yeah, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a match. He's going to have to take, you know, a discount because he's coming off of what, a five-ish million a year contract. He's going to have to take less than that. Yeah. But I mean, there's guys out there, but, but I, they got to figure out that middle six. They have to create themselves a middle six because right now they don't have it. Yep. Um, you can't have Connor and Leon playing on the same line no. anymore. 
you got to put Hyman with one of those guys, and then Cassian can be with the other one, and then you fill out the other. And you got Yamamoto with one. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you, you have if you to get fill a grand, it, yeah. if you get a Grandland, there you go. There's your top six right there. But it's still a little light. It's still, yeah. You know, do you trust Yamamoto to be a legitimate top six guy at this point in his career yet? And then there's also the other issue too is like, so you mentioned there's a lot of guys coming up. There's guys in the pipeline that if you're just a little bit patient, they're going to be here soon and start making, you know, strides. If you're Connor McDavid, do you at this point in your career have the patience to wait for these kids to come up and to become real players that can genuinely contribute in the lineup? Or do we start to see, you know, whispers of, Jack Eichel West edition. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Um, but money is such an issue here. I, I, we mentioned that they're probably going to lose Tyson Barry, right? Adam Larson, I, I think uh, Elliot Friedman has said they're, they're pretty close to, uh, uh, you know, re-signing him. But that will probably happen again after the expansion draft. The next thing after that is after next year, you have to re-sign Darnell Nurse, who's already making over five and a half. What does his next contract look like? Seven? Seven and a half? He's going to be 27 years old at the end of next season. UFA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's a guy that they've been building up and up and up for, for years now. He's finally, this year he showed that he was the player that they drafted him to be. But that means that now you're going to have to pay him. Yeah. Um, last question on the Edmonton Oilers. Do we blame this on Ken Holland as he did not address any of this at the trade deadline? The only thing that he did at the trade deadline was bringing in Dmitry Kulikov. I think you can blame a little bit of it on Ken Holland. But there's also, you know, the reality of what he inherited from Peter Shirelli and all these big contracts and all these, you know, you had to make that Lucic for Neil move because it's just like, well, fuck. Like, at that point, Lucic looked like he was done. And so, he, you know, rocking a hard place, right? But uh, I don't know. I think he inherited a really hard team to manage, but he didn't do himself any favors either. But he, he did not address the depth on this team. And, yes, Kulikov at one point – was one of, you know, the premier defensemen in the league, but that was a decade ago and injuries have happened and everything. He's, it's not, well, you're not no, getting he's, Florida he's, Panthers. He's only, of. he's only 30. Yeah. But you, but he, I feel like he's the kind of guy who's got so much mileage on him right now. Like he's not the Kulikov that the Panthers brought in and everyone thought this was like Norris trophy caliber yeah, no. player. Well, that was ridiculous in the first place. <laughs> That's, well, Florida, Florida Panther syndrome. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's going to be really tough in Edmonton, especially if Connor McDavid says he's had enough and he's tired yeah. of waiting around. Like, you know, think of how exciting it could be for the league. And, you know, TNT happens next year. Wayne Gretzky goes to TNT. And we're talking about McDavid going to the Oilers and I'm sorry, to the Kings and Jack Eichel going to the Rangers and, you know, Edmonton does it again, trades away the marquee Canadian player to the Kings and history repeats itself all over again. You know, it's not that far fetched. Yeah. I mean, the Kings have the pieces to, to make it happen. 
I just don't see it happening, and uh, especially uh, not yet. Uh, but I last think he's question. got one more year before we. If it's if they get swept again next year or don't make the playoffs at all, then this this conversation gets, you know, a little yeah. hotter. Last question: uh, Name two teams that you could see uh, signing Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, two teams that Nuge could go to. I could see him going. I could see him going to Columbus. Yep, that uh, was one on my list. And I could see him going. Let me think here. The Nuge man going to. I wouldn't be shocked to see him somehow end up a Florida Panther. Okay. My two teams. Uh, first, I'm going to go with the Anaheim Ducks. That, that's the good Yep. I think that is a great fit. And uh, this one's a bit of a wild one. But what do you think? Nugent Hopkins to the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they need center depth. You know, they're, they've showed that. As much as they love the kids like like Kotkaniemi, uh, you know it doesn't hurt to have depth. You need to have three legitimate centers in the league, and Nuge does that for you. Plays both both ways, you know, help out a lot. Yeah, and just quickly, you mentioned uh, Gretzky will be with uh, Turner Sports. Um, he'll be making a whopping three million dollars per year. That's more uh, than he made in his NHL career, probably, <laughs> given the time that he played. And uh, probably more than he made if he ever got, uh, if they ever finished paying him for coaching the Coyotes. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see this, but um, it's funny that he's going to be making 3 million a year since his rookie card just sold for over 3 million a year. Did you see that? I did. His OPG rookie card, uh, 3.75, three and three quarters. So people are nuts. Yeah. Can you imagine paying that much money for a, a piece of paper with writing on it? Can you imagine paying that much money for anything? I can't imagine ever having that much money as of disposable income, yeah. <laughs> let alone like in my bank account to survive off of. Yeah. So I'm going to go under the assumption that Toronto will be moving on. Yep. Uh, maybe it happens tonight. We both think it'll happen game seven. Uh, who do, we do you have? Toronto's gonna have. Has there been talk of Toronto having fans for games? Oh, seven? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but who would you have in that series? Toronto, Winnipeg. Um, I mean, shit. It's hard to say not Winnipeg after they just shut down Leon and Connor. But I think I think it's gonna be Toronto. Toronto's a much deeper team. Toronto has the things that Edmonton didn't have. Toronto has a legitimate bottom six. So I do think, you know, like I said, they've been doing pretty well without McDavid, without Matthews and Marner really contributing on the offensive score sheet. So I, I think Toronto is where Winnipeg ends their, their season. Okay. I'm going to say Winnipeg wins. I'm writing Connor Hellebuck. Um, you know, a hell of a story. Yeah, I think, you know, the contributions that they're getting from guys like not even just, you know, the, the big guys like Connor and, and Ehlers and et cetera, but uh, like Adam Lowry 
and top. Uh, I think that's going to be huge for them. And uh, I just think Connor Hellebuck is, is so good uh, that he could shut them down. Yeah. You need, you need a hot goalie in the playoffs to win. And yeah, you know, especially with the, the confidence of just, sh- you know, fucking shitting on the Oilers and shutting them out and sweeping them. That's a, it's a hell of a confidence boost going to round two, no matter who you're playing. Yeah. So the, the way I see it, I have Vegas, Winnipeg, Boston, Carolina. Uh, I won't do the, the reseed now to see what those matchups would turn into because we still have to play the games. Yep. And uh, Toronto's got to get out of the first round too for, uh, for John Tavares to come back also, which he was skating the other day, which I was very surprised about. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting. Uh, I, I hope to see him get into a game soon. Yeah. I mean, if he's uh, skating out there, then it leads you to believe that what they said was right, that it's more of the knee issue than the concussion issue. Hopefully, mm-hmm. because I think if it, the concussion was really that bad, you wouldn't have him in any kind of gear skating out quite yet. Yeah. Um, we had some news, uh, front office news or potential front office news. Uh, why don't you start us off with Rutherford? Yeah. So uh, good old Jimmy Rutherford, three-time Stanley Cup champion GM with uh, Carolina and then Pittsburgh. Uh, he just hired himself an, an agent because it sounds like he wants back in in the league. Uh, I don't know how many open spots there's going to be. I do know, for example, one of them is not going to be Anaheim because Murray is coming back as GM and they're keeping Eakins as coach. I see him taking more of a president role somewhere yeah, more so than a GM. Be, definitely going to be a president's role. Yeah. Like some kind of like, you know, yeah. President of hockey ops or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh I know we saw JD go back to Columbus. We know that Drury is now the guy for uh, the Rangers, both president and GM. Uh, I can't really think of any front offices that are looking for a president right now. So it will be interesting to see if a job is opened up for him or if he slides in somewhere. I have one in mind. Who you got? Buffalo. Yep. That's a, yeah, that's a good one. Who is, do they have a president right now? Or is I don't it just think so. The Pagoulas just the Pagoulas. With, with Adam. Yeah. So I mean, it would make sense. You know, he, Kevin Adams won a cup with him as a player. Exactly. Uh, you know, so it would be interesting to see them now continue their relationship with that dynamic. And, you know, we've seen him, like I said, he's won three Stanley Cups with two different teams in very different markets and different situations. You know, Carolina was a small market team. Uh, he turned them into a contender. They also went to a cup final previously uh, the one where they lost to Detroit. So uh, he, and he also knows how to deal with a team that, you know, is already a contender that just needed some tweaks. So I think Jim Rutherford is going to offer up a lot of experience to a team like Buffalo and Holy shit. Does that team need direction right now? Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit of front office action could be going down. Um, but I think uh, we'll hear some news on Rutherford rather soon. Um, does does Seattle have a president? Is it is it Ron Francis? He's the president of the I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you have any other uh, news of the week? That was it for me. Cool. Uh, so I will ask you in a very important question. You do any punk shit this week? Uh, yeah, I've been going down rabbit holes of just like a bunch of different like 
punk related podcasts and just kind of like random like YouTube interviews and stuff. Like so, I I discovered that uh, Zach Blair from Rise Against has a podcast with Mike from Riverboat Gamblers. That's pretty cool. I just discovered that this week, so I've been going through a couple of the episodes there. Zach Blair also a member of Guar. He was back in the day. Yeah. yeah. He's had quite a career. He's uh, he's <laughs> used to get all dressed up in monster fucking gear. And now he's touring the world with one of the biggest punk bands uh, in the world right now with Rise Against. Oh, not right now, but. Well, maybe. Yeah, not right now, but a couple years ago. But uh, and next year. But uh, yeah, I, and then Zach Blair is actually also um, by total coincidence after I was going down this weird Zach Blair rabbit hole. I feel like the Internet noticed and he was live. Uh, last night on Instagram with uh, one of the guys from St. Vitus on the St. Vitus Instagram page. And, you know, they just went through like, you know, top five favorite guitarists and records and like, you know, like all that stuff. So I've been kind of going through that rabbit hole, just like re finding different, like, just like even like five minute, 10 minute YouTube interviews with Brian, you know, Brian Baker and Jay Bentley with, you know, alternative press a while ago that I, like, I, I went back and watched that and, so that's, that's kind of where I, my brain's been the past couple of days. All right. Yeah, I just watched um, and my friend Mike uh, does that Mikey and his uke thing. Yeah. It has evolved to be something much bigger than him playing along with his ukulele. I watched like four of those this morning when I was on the bike. So it's weird that you mentioned that. Did you watch uh, the new one that came out today? What's the new one? It's uh, with Milo of the descendants singing girl you want by devo no i didn't see that one i was watching the the bonzo goes to bitburg again i was watching the one that you guys did i was watching what was the other one that i watched there's like three or four of them just while i was sitting on the bike doing my exercise this morning it came up as a like a related thing on youtube and i just kind of went down that rabbit hole for about 10 15 minutes cool but uh yeah milo singing devo is absolutely great um, I got to catch that so once we're done. Definitely, definitely check that one out. And the other one is kind of, you know, in the similar vein, you know, the, the band punk rock karaoke. Mm-hmm. Um, they released a new one. Oh, with, with nubs. Yeah. With uh, Tali. Yeah. And, I didn't get to watch. Uh, I saw it right before we were getting on. I saw that it was a thing. So I didn't get to click on it yet. Yeah. Uh, Tali has been teasing it for a while. She's been really excited about it. Uh, and she does a great job. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, they, they open it up and she's singing, she's nubs. Um, and then they do a great cover of linoleum. Uh, so no yeah. one's ever covered that before. No, uh, it's a little too late to get into the yeah. no effects music video, but maybe they'll, they'll do another recut of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tali does a, a great job. Um, I met her once when we were on tour up in uh, Canada. She came to our Toronto show. Yeah, she has um, to say she's Toronto area, right? Yeah. Um, when it was, the, the show was Isotopes, Pears, and Teenage Bottle Rocket many years ago. Yep. Um, and I remember that night uh, eating burritos with... Uh, you know, Tali and Brandon and yeah, having a, that was a great night. One I go. will always remember. Um, all right. Uh, I got three questions for you. Do it. Question number one, Olive Garden or Taco Bell? <laughs> uh, I, 
I've only been to Olive Garden once in my life, but I love me some fucking Taco Bell. As much as my mom hates that I love Taco Bell, being Dominican. But uh, Taco Bell. Crunchwrap Supreme? Uh, no, I do, I do the uh, beef. I do two beef burritos is my, is my move. Yeah. Or every now and then I would do the uh, Dorito Loco Taco with the nice, I do a large Mountain Dew, not the Baja Blast, the regular one. But that's, and that's the only time I ever drink soda is when I, I'll get Mountain Dew from Taco Bell. Yeah, I feel like if you're not getting the Crunchwrap Supreme, you're doing it wrong. But uh, that's just my opinion. Do they still do those little like cinnamon twist. Um, yeah, of course they do. Yeah, I gotta get one. Oh, I should get that tonight. You want to Taco Bell? That's it. It's decided. All right. Uh, question number two: Who is playing next year? I'm gonna give you three names. Is Ryan Getzlaff playing next year? Is Patrick Marlowe playing next year? Is Jumbo Joe Thornton playing next year? And if you think they are playing, please give me the destination. All right. Getzlav, I still think, is going to play at least one more year, especially um, if they can bring in Nuge to be the 2C, and then you've got Zegers as your 3C. It's, it's a nice little foundation to build a team out of right there. I see Ryan Getzlav coming back with Anaheim. He didn't get traded anywhere, even though he – but he did approve a trade to Vegas. It just never happened. So I think uh, that tells you he still wants to play. Yeah, it's because Vegas I, got Matthias Janmark, who scored a hat trick in their their series clinching game yeah. last night. So it, um, that move looks pretty good right now. So I got him staying in Anaheim for a year. Oh, the uh, full year? Does he stay the full year? Or does he get moved at the next year's deadline? I think that's. Oh, that's a good question. If they bring in Nuge, you hope they make the playoffs next year. Yeah, I mean, they brought in Shattenkirk last year. They, if they bring in a, another guy this year, and then you have guys like Drysdale and, and Zegris, you know, playing full-time, you have, you know, you John, John Gibson. Gibson. You know? Anything's possible. Yeah, I think he plays either way next year, and then – where if he gets moved, it's dependent on what happens with um, you know throughout the year. But I do think he'll be he'll start the year as a duck next year, and then the rest will kind of see how it all plays out. Uh, but if if they're out of it, he'll get moved. The fact that he, like I said, the fact that he approved the trades of Vegas shows that he does want one more run. But I do think he's willing to give Anaheim the shot to be that team, and if not, he'll go wherever. Uh, maybe to. Toronto, if Joe Thornton doesn't come back, uh, I think if Toronto wins a cup, Jumbo retires. Okay. Do you think Spezza also retires? I think they both retire. I think if they win a cup, all those guys. Simmons probably sticks around, but I think Jumbo and Spezza both retire uh, if Toronto wins a cup. Uh, If they don't win the cup, I still do see Jumbo coming back next year be it with toronto or another contender i think he's got one more year and then next year is going to be his last year either way uh marlo i think marlo's done i think based on the season he had he passed the how record um he's not going to try to build on it i don't think he's going to i also think he already tried he went to toronto he went to pittsburgh 
He was technically a hurricane for about 30 seconds, which he should have <laughs> stayed there. Looking at good teams right now, staying in Carolina, but I know it's because of his family out West. But uh, I wonder how different, you know, maybe the last couple of years would have gone if he actually was a hurricane. I kind of want to get a Marlowe Hurricane jersey. But, yeah. uh, what did that first round pick turn into? That pick? Did they turn- already draft that or is that coming up? No, I think it's this draft. Let's I see. think it's this draft. Because he went from Toronto to Carolina to get bought out so yeah. that he could then sign with San Jose like a week or so later. I don't, um, I don't think the uh... – no, because it, it would have happened right it before. Would, it would have been last year's. Last year's. Draft. So let's see. 2020 NHL draft. Did Carolina draft twice in the, the first round? Patrick Marlowe trade. Carolina from Toronto. Uh, that was the 13th overall pick last year. Yeah. Oh, they got a good player too. They 13. got that was Seth Jarvis. Oh, okay. you know, right when they brought him oh, when, people, when he played in the AHL uh, yeah. this year. Playing as, Chicago uh, as a young kid. Man, that's a that's a great move. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I think he's done no matter what. I think Getzlap is back no matter what. Thornton is done if they win, and Marlowe's done, done. All right, cool. My last question for you. This is a tough one. We, as Ranger fans, hate slash love to see ex-Rangers lift the cup yeah personally i was uh very happy for ryan mcdonough last year 100 percent. I, I wish that callahan was still on that team yeah or you know two years prior we would have you know callahan girardi strawman you know a boil shattenkirk yeah it would have been so many of them yeah um so my question to you how many ex-rangers can still potentially win the cup this year. So we've got. You Jesper could name Fast. them. I'll cross them off. Yeah. So Jesper Fast is playing in Carolina. Let me just open up the playoff thing so I remember who's just who's still in right now. So Jesper, Jesper Fast is in Carolina. Mm-hmm. He can still win a cup. Um, Ryan Graves is with. Are we counting Ryan Graves? Because he didn't really play with the Rangers, but for yeah. the sake of argument, Ryan Graves. Uh. On Boston, who's in Winnipeg? He's on the Islanders, the Lightning. Ryan McDonough, obviously, with the Lightning. Yep. Um, I think he's the only one there now. Out of all he the... is the only one on Tampa, yeah. correct. On uh, the Golden Knights. No, not Brandon Peary anymore because he's playing for Team USA or Canada, <laughs> whatever, in the World Championships. Uh, Duclair's out. So, how many guys are. So you got Colorado, Ryan yeah. Graves. Yeah. Vegas. Uh, he didn't play a regular season game as a Ranger. Are we going to count Jonathan Marchessa? Oh, yeah. That's the one that I, every time I watch fucking Vegas play, I, I remember Jonathan O.D. Marchessa. That's right. Playing for the New York Rangers. And, you know, we were another team that gave up on him too early. And, you know, he's a late bloomer, blah, 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 blah. 
but how different would those teams be in the last few years, like leading up to the letter and stuff, if Marsha So is in our top six? And yep. now Vegas has another one another on the back one. end. On the back end, uh, Vegas defenseman. Nick Holden. Oh, I mean, yeah. He needed us a third, a third round pick or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you got Jasper Fast on Carolina, but you forgot another hurricane. Oh, Brady Shea. Very good. And, uh, you know, I'll include Joey Keene in case he gets into, uh, he gets into a, a game. game. It's very possible. Um, Boston. Two depth guys. Two Actually, depth. Uh, two depth guys and uh, an injured guy. They got three. Is Bolesky in Boston? Nope, nope, nope. No. Two depth guys and an injured guy on the Boston Bruins. Uh, I'm trying Because Nick Holden went to Boston before, so it's not him, obviously. Mm-hmm. McNash retired. Who the fuck is on Boston? The Dep- one who, who was on the team last year, Greg McKegg. Oh, Greg the Keg, yeah. Uh, and now two defensemen. Two defensemen. Um, are they were they playing? Or are they taxi squad black aces right now? One's like a, a depth defenseman. He, he gets in from time to time. The other one would be in if he wasn't hurt, I'd imagine. Uh, who <laughs> did we have that's over there now um hold on don't tell me yet okay oh um i know i know one of them 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 john moore yep he's injured right now who's the other so defenseman the other one you said yep and he hasn't been playing i don't think he's played at all probably let's see Oh, it's what the fuck's his name? It's uh, not Camper, Camper, Camper. Camper, yeah, he hasn't gotten Steve, into the playoffs. Steve play- Camper. Yep, right? he hasn't gotten into the playoffs yet, but he did play twenty games for the Bruins this year. Gotcha. So it's twenty games in a shortened season. Not so Was bad. Was Camper part of that Nash trade? No, I don't think no. so. No, or the Holden trade or something. He found his way up there yeah. somehow. Um. All right. Uh, so those guys. So not them. I'm not rooting for them. <laughs> so now we, I think we only got two left. Uh, two left? Not not on Boston. Just uh, two potential Ranger, ex-Rangers that could win the cup. Are they coaching staff? <laughs> no, I didn't go that deep. Uh, one's on Montreal. Oh, um, goalie? No. No. Former Ranger who's now on Montreal. He wasn't a Ranger for a long time. He hasn't been a Canadian for a long time. Uh, he was a trade deadline acquisition for both teams. Defenseman or forward? Forward. Uh, oh, um, they got at the deadline, Eric Stoll. Yeah, there we go. And Winnipeg has a guy. Uh, Neil Pionk. Very good. Yeah. So 
Uh, was that 10 guys? Total? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Eric's so, all the, ex- the experiment gone wrong. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple guys out there that are worth rooting for uh, if you like to root for ex-Rangers. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, you had a couple others uh, lose it last night. It would have been fun to root for Zuccarello and Cam yeah. Talbot. Um, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the the teams that have lost. But that's, uh, wow. that's why we don't root for the Islanders. No X Rangers. Uh, I guess we're not rooting for Toronto. No X Rangers. <laughs> um, no, Brian Leach is long gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I just thought that was a, a pretty fun idea since uh, you know I really did enjoy seeing uh mcdonough get his cup and yeah. uh i don't know i'm trying to think of like who on this list i'd be most excited for i think jesper fast yeah jesper fast both, both like uh, what he meant to the team and then also just like carolina being the team that they are now yeah i'd also i'd be pretty happy for ryan graves the way he's turned his career into being you know such a big piece I, of that I didn't colorado get team enough though uh, I always, uh, I, I always liked I, them. I, I thought they should have called them up forever ago, and you just couldn't get minutes for them. But I always wanted the the Graves McElrath pairing, yeah. <laughs> just, just shutting people down. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That that's the era that he was with yeah. us for a while. Yeah, I, and I'd also be pretty excited to see uh, McDonough do it again. Yeah, I love me some Ryan McDonough. I think so. Do I. <laughs> that that trade hurts more and more every day. Especially he's... since we were just talking about how neither of us want Brett Howden or Libor <laughs> Hayek. At least, I swear to God, Niels Lundqvist better pan out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Vlad be, Domestikov didn't uh, really net us much of anything. So. No, because they were stupid and held on to him for too long and then got back what they, like, whatever. They yep. could have moved them for a second round pick at the deadline before, but they chose to sit on it. Yep. But... Regardless, second round starting tonight. We also have that first round matchup. So we got two games on tonight. Uh, I'm excited to start watching. I'm glad there's no weird gap between first and second round. Yeah, um, fucking, if no they're ready, days. let them play. That's no good. off days. Let's do this. Um, it's been crazy watching hockey in this nice weather. Um, I wish there were some cold and rainy today though. So it's, it yes, all weekend. It's going to be this way. I, I wish there were some day games uh, since I'm going to be in the house all day. How but, is there uh, not a Memorial day day game? I don't that, know. That Tampa Montreal game better be like a four o'clock start. If they go to game seven. Toronto. What did I, I say? Think, I think you said Tampa. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh but by the time we talk next week, I, I don't think we could have a, uh, a series winner. So we'll see where we're at in terms of the second round. Um, yeah. By then we will know who will be playing the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, I, I have a funny thing that I forgot that I never told you about. So, oh, okay. so be- before we wrap up, it must have been like a month or two ago, Blair Betts came up in conversation. And I was supposed to find a Blair Betts jersey. I could <laughs> not find the Blair Betts jersey for the life of me. I Googled everywhere. I Amazon, I eBay. There are no Blair They may have never made Blair Betts jerseys, even though he had two numbers. Um, you, have to, you have to make your own. On you got to make your NHL own. website. I know. I'm going to spend 200 bucks on a Blair Betts jersey. But uh, <laughs> uh, what I did do that I forgot to tell you, because I haven't seen you in person in a bit, 
um, I got both of us autographed 10 by 12s or whatever, eight by 12s of Blair Betts, two different pictures. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I have it sitting here in my, in my office. I keep look, I, I keep meaning to mention it and I keep forgetting, but uh, so I'll, I'll send you the pictures. I'll put them up online when we get off and I'll let you have your choice. I think one of them is 15 Blair Betts and the other one's 19 Blair Betts. I want 15. You want the 15? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got them. I spent like nine bucks on each. So it was, it was a good deal. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just real happy it wasn't uh, Blair Betts number 11 when he played for the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> or, and then whatever the hell he wore with Calgary. And uh, did he play in Washington too? Um, no, you're thinking of Nick Jeff Halpern. Well, I'm always thinking of Jeff Halpern, but uh, <laughs> the other number 15 for the New York Rangers during that time. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure Blair Betts didn't play for? Let, let's see. I, I think gotta... he played for he played for Philadelphia. He, he was he went from Calgary to the Rangers to Philadelphia yeah, yeah, to right. fucking I don't know to nowhere Norway or he something. Re- he, no, he retired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the trade to the Rangers. This is this is a uh, a trip down memory lane. The Calgary Two Rangers. Yes, which was March sixth, two thousand four. Jesus Christ, I can't even. He is traded from Calgary with Jamie McLennan, Noodles. Oh, nudes. And Greg and nudes. Moore. In exchange for Chris Simon. And a long hair, Chris Simon. Yeah. And a seventh round pick in the 2004 draft where they, uh, the Calgary flames selected a man by the name of Matt Schneider, who played for the Tri-City Americans and then the university of British Columbia and nowhere else. Good for him. He got his education. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so thank you very much for the present. I'm looking forward to yeah yeah. I'll send you, I'll send you the pictures of it when we get off. <laughs> to hanging that on on a wall soon. Yep yep. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, have a great week. Enjoy the hockey. We'll enjoy be talking to you soon. Yes, enjoy your Taco Bell. Get a Crunchwrap Supreme for me. All right, fine. <laughs> thank you. All right, talk to you soon. See you, bud.